1: Heat lose. Heat lose. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, this is not my normal show, so I am not. I don't know if I'm supposed to do welcome, welcome, welcome. Um, I hate the fact that we just st- sit here staring at each other while that beat plays. I've been asking G to make an intro video for about six years now, but whatever. Anyway, welcome into the Miami Heat beat postgame show. Um, I am your host for tonight, Alphonse Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954. Why did I pick tonight to host the show? I don't know. I don't know why I would have picked this stupid game. I was like, oh, easy win. It's gonna be fun. Have a good time. <laughs> Jack Alfonso's on. I've never been on with Pablo. It'll be great. And guess what? It's like maybe the worst loss of the season. Um, even though I don't know if this I don't know if this counts as basketball because whatever the Indiana Pacers are doing is not basketball, it should be outlawed. This 40 points a quarter shit, 140 points a game. Like it's not basketball, it's not entertaining. I hate it. Anyway. Uh, with us today, we have Pablo. Pablo, what's going on?
2: What's up, guys? How's everyone doing?
1: Shitty, Pablo. Shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Terrible. What, what we do? I just watched TJ McConnell go full Jordan on us. We saw AU basketball. It is, no, this is dumb. This is dumb. I don't even count this game. Okay, there's eight. This is an 81 game season. This is dumb. This is like that extra in season tournament game. It should not count. The stat should not count. <laughs> TJ McConnell should not have a game on his resume where he goes 10 for 11 from the field. This game should be stricken from the record. Call Adam Silver, and either he gets this game off the record or we send his ass to Guantanamo. Jack, Jack Alfonso, how's it going, man?
3: It's, it's going whatever, man. I feel like I just spent two hours watching a, a fucking 2K a stream. A yeah, it was through. bullshit.
1: It was really, like, I don't know. like listen, like, it's, I like. I don't know. Listen, I I remember the there was that one season, uh, the one right after the pandemic, and every time I would come on Hangover Time, like I don't know what you take away from this game. Um, I'm <laughs> back there again. Like I don't know if you like. I okay. So let's start here, right? So first and foremost, the defense was suspect as hell, right? Um, but the Pacers do this to everybody. So yeah. there's like which you know, it, it's kind of it's kind of a bit of a mind fuck there, right? Like. Is it us? Is it them? Is it me? Is it you? Like, what's happening there? Like, Jack, like I'm watching T.J. McConnell take all of our best perimeter defenders, Caleb, Josh Richardson, Jaime, off the dribble, timeout, splitting double teams like prime Dwayne Wade. Like, is this a function of our perimeter defense, which has been spotty all season, or is this just what the Pacers do?
3: I mean, I think it's both, right? Like, I, I think on one hand, the Pacers play quick. They play a lot different than the Heat. And I just think inevitably they were going to look pretty gassed in this game after kind of how last one went. Um, but beyond that, I, I think the wing def-, def defenders have kind of a purpose. Like, you send them flying around – they're pretty overly ambitious, which leaves like a lot of room for error with kind of how much they gamble on passing lanes. But I think all of that like is by design because ideally you have a bam back there. Who's kind of making up for any missed assignment or is just like hanging back in the drop and like going to catch anybody coming your way. Um, we were talking about a little bit before the show, but like, no offense, no disrespect for, to Orlando Robinson. He's just kind of a non-entity physically. Like, and it, it's kind of tough. Like, I feel this way when we talked about Zeller who like, you know, fuck him, but like, or talk about <laughs> Deadman or whoever, like, fuck those guys. But like, it is kind of an unenviable unen- position to be like the guy who has to replace Bam, who's tasked with doing like so much for like, an incredibly spotty, uneven heat roster, as much as it is deep and like cool. And I've been having fun this season. There are holes that like by design, you have two of the most versatile players in the league to cover up all of them. And when you're missing one, it looks bad. Especially when he's like your only real big man. Yeah. Yeah. Pablo, like,
1: so we, I mean, it's for, for years now, we've been trying to find bands back up. To no avail. After Deadman, you know, uh, spent a year bagging groceries and came back, he looked really good for a little while, right? Because them old knees were had plenty of rest. But as soon as like he started playing an NBA schedule again, we realized why he was bagging groceries. Uh, yeah. Cody Zeller, same deal. Like he looked good for a second, then he became Cody Zeller again. Then we went on and got Thomas Bryant, and everybody told me Thomas Bryant is a great pick and roll player, and his offense will make up for his lack of defense. And he hasn't even been able to get on the floor. Like we've resorted to having Kevin Love as our backup center, who I think has done a good job. But a night like tonight, Pablo, when there's a layup line going to the rim, uh, there's no deterrent when there's no Bam Adebayo out there.
2: Yeah, it's Orlando Robinson is a lanky guy, but he doesn't have physicality like a physicality uh, feature to him like Bam does. And we thought Thomas Bryan was gonna have that because he's a pretty big dude. But no wait, we didn't
1: think that. No, we didn't uh, think
2: that. I thought that because <laughs> <laughs> I thought that because he's he's pretty big, but he just gets he gets torched every time he's on the court. <laughs> but a lot of it does come from our perimeter defense allowing them to come in. Like we don't have a point of attack defender right now. We thought Jay Rich, or I, th- I'm gonna say it again. I thought Jay Rich was gonna be a good point of attack defender, but he's. He's clearly not the same Jay Rich he was a couple of years ago. Now and... he is. That's part of the problem. <laughs> <laughs> that but I just
1: the
3: same footwork. But uh, my, my, <laughs>
1: yeah, Jack, right? Jay Rich take for the longest, and this is not to pile on Jay Rich because I did that last time I was on. Um, he's been playing a lot better. My, you know, and I will always go back and say my biggest gripe with Jay Rich is that he's not a point guard. And the role that they were putting him in was just, it, we saw it. Like the first five, six games of the season, he was coming in as their backup point guard, and he was they were giving him ball handling responsibilities, and we weren't shooting till eight seconds left in the shot clock every single time. So that was my biggest problem with Jay Rich. As a spot-up guy, as a cut guy, as someone who, who attacks a closeout, um as someone who just basically like a three and d kind of guy like i like him um and that's where he, the role he's been playing but the problem is you know I, my take on josh Richardson for years has been he's an active defender he's not a good defender right and we saw that a lot tonight just taking really really bad angles and guys like Neesmith smith and bruce brown um and uh tj mcconnell TJ McConnell, <laughs> just took advantage of it over and over again, just going right past him, past Caleb, past Duncan, past Jaime. And, like, really, the Jaime and the Caleb ones are the ones that really bother me, Jack. Like, it you know, it's just – I guess, is this indicative of what you've seen all season or is tonight an outlier? I
3: I think it's – I think there's things in here that are definitely indicative of – some of their like big structural issues that everybody in the world is aware of and is like kind of what we're looking at. If you're like looking at like, wow, this heat roster is really interesting in a lot of ways. It's I think one of the deepest teams of the Jimmy era, if not the deepest team, but it's hard to call it that when there's like some pretty significant holes. Um, I, I agree with you on the J rich thing. I think I've really liked his play as of late. Um, we talked about it a little bit on the last post game where, yeah, like you said, um Spo's kind of addicted to, uh, yeah, I'm just going to read off this comment. Spose is addicted to trying to turn obvious twos into one. I mean, it it's with everybody. And like, sometimes it kind of works with like with Gabe, but like most of the time it's kind of disastrous and, I mean, on last post game, we were talking like Jay Rich is the least one of all of those twos. Like he is just so (laughs) clearly a shooting guard. Like that man should never really dribble unless it's to like pull into 15 feet and take that little jumper. And like, like you said, he's been active. That's kind of what I was saying at the beginning of the show is like, he's been really good this year, I think, or for the last like however many games because he's been allowed to just kind of, run around and, like, he's athletic enough and long enough and, like, there's enough other guys out there that he's kind of, like, creating chaos along with the other wings. And that's been really cool to watch. It just kind of falls apart when you're playing this Pacers team who, I don't know, they're on some other shit. And then, like, you're really not – like. There were people who were gassed tonight, and it's like, it's not an excuse. It's just like, this game was bullshit. I don't know. Like, yeah. (laughs)
1: Well, you know, uh, (laughs) Pablo. When you see the heat, they only call they only uh cause nine turnovers tonight, right? Yeah. Against a team like the Pacers, I think that was probably the biggest thing because what we've seen, right, is sometimes our lack of perimeter defense, our lack of defense in general has kind of been mitigated by the fact that we turn the ball, we turn these guys turn the other team over a lot. A lot yeah. of deflections, lots of steals. That gets us out of the easy offense. Not like the offense wasn't a problem; we were scoring because everyone scores against the Pacers. But yeah. one thing we weren't doing, we, they we, they were getting shots up every time down the floor. Like they were get, like, they weren't. I mean, they weren't even offensive rebounding; they were just making them right. Yeah, we were not. We were not limiting attempts. They were getting all the attempts in the world. We were not turning the ball over. Very few deflections, three steals as a team. On the night, like that is not my that's not my heat basketball, and that's definitely not this team that just doesn't have the horses unless they're turning the other team over.
2: I just think we, I think we had to go zone a majority of the game, even with the Pacers shooting sixty eight percent from the field, just because we don't have Bam on the floor. Love can't guard a pick and roll; he's gonna get burnt every time. Same with Orlando Robinson. So when we play that zone, it allows Kevin Love, Orlando, to just stay in the middle and only rotate to the left to the right. But when they're playing man, the Pacers love to go pick and roll action the whole time, so they're always attacking. So that's what leads to those layup line uh, shots that they're getting all game long, and they just didn't miss today. Like again, 66, 68 percent from the floor is something that's just like is unbelievable. You don't hear of that. And when you're shooting that, like I said, Jack, when you're shooting that good from
1: the floor and you're not turning them over, like <laughs> like you can shoot 60 percent from the floor, but if we're you know if you're if you have 15, 18, 19 turnovers, he would still have a chance. But you just can't – you can't let them shoot that percentage and just not turn them over at all.
3: Yeah, like you were saying, um, in the past, they've been pretty soft inside. Um, Historically, they've done well, even though they're not historically the best rim protection team because they limit attempts at the rim. And this year particularly, they're all about generating like, turnovers and just generating chaos chaos on defense even if it like does lead to the occasional good layup um but yeah they just didn't have anything going on defense like even when I think they cut it to six kind of late in the fourth maybe like with four minutes left Jimmy hit that shot I don't know about y'all I didn't feel like they had any chance of winning at that point because I was just like let's see them get a stop like no I think Matherin came back and immediately got an and one and like Jimmy can go for thirty three all he wants, but it's a waste if nothing's happen on, happening on the other end. And like that, yeah, they played well offensively. The Heat did, but it's like it's not like you had like Kyle Lowry shooting like seven for seven from three. He had a really good game. Duncan had a really good game, but it's like um or shit no um they didn't have that great games. So that's kind of my point. Is like yeah, Duncan if, if had a good all half. of the Heat. Yeah, it, but it's like that's fine. I'm not blaming any of them. Like offensively, they did their job. But it's like unless you're having outlier performances, like from all of those guys, you're just not going to be able to comment compensate for the lack of turnovers and just like sixty plus percent from the field. That just like you don't win those games. Yeah, I, I would love to, uh, you know I would love to know how many paint points, how many rim
1: attempts they got. Uh, because you know it was funny. Someone brought up Hassan Whiteside today, and I was like, Hassan Whiteside made me change my perception of rim uh, rim protection uh, because he blocked shots like crazy, and our defense was not that great. <laughs> like it, it because we had too – I mean, we were just it, there were too many uh, shots at the rim, and by the time someone gets to the rim, a block. Like I love how people overinflate blocks, right? Yeah. If you're blocking layups, the problem like the problem is that they got a layup in the first place, right? Now it's a 50-50 proposition at that point. You, the, 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 It's too good of a shot. So tonight, I mean, there, there's a layup line at the rim, Pablo, and we only got one block for the entire game. Like, that's amazing, right? Like they were shooting right next to our rim the entire game, and we got one block. So that that shows you they weren't limiting attempts, and they had nothing for them when they did get there
2: they weren't scared of who was defending our paint. So that's why they just kept attacking and attacking. And I hate to say it again, but that's where the value of Bam comes in. When Bam is on the floor, he has that paint presence that a lot of players don't have. And he's able to switch onto a guard that's going to drive in. And that's how most of his blocks come in. So, and when it comes to that turnover, the turnovers you're talking about, Bam, when Bam's in that game, he helps uh, force more turnovers because when they trap, Someone he can rotate and he's gonna be playing the passing lanes. We don't have anyone really outside of Jimmy and Bam that can do that. And that's and it was shown today in the game.
1: Yeah, I and, and Jack, we're going into uh probably a few more games Bam's about to miss. Um on the on one on the positive side, we're not paying, we're not playing the paces again, thank God, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, thank God. I've just been struggling this year, but I just, I'm just really, you know, it's funny. um, Like I think the two guys right now, because of Tyler's out, the two guys they can afford to lose the least are Duncan and Bam, which is crazy to say, especially about Duncan. But when you're missing either one of those guys, like I just sometimes I'm watching them and they look a little bit rudderless because uh, of what those two guys bring to the floor. When you have those two guys there, I feel a lot better. But when mm-hmm. one of those guys is missing, like, just offensively, what Duncan brings, the spacing, because without Tyler, they just do not have that threat outside of Duncan Robinson. Uh, somebody tried to tell me Caleb Barton is a, is a, is a shooter shooter today, and mm-hmm. I almost lost my shit. Um, but, like, outside of Duncan, and if Kyle Lowry feels like shooting that night, and Kevin Love from time to time, like, there's, they don't have that spacing without Bam. Like the, the defense is like, you, you, you just do not know what you're gonna get from them. So looking ahead the next few games, like what are you expecting?
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
3: Yeah, um, first on the on the Duncan thing. Like me and G were talking about it um, last game, where it's just like when they get into those late game situations where they need to protect the ball and like move the ball. We were joking about how crazy it is that Duncan's probably the guy you trust most in those scenarios because he deals with traps so well. He spaces the floor and he's like really added that level of versatility to his game. I don't know what to expect from the next few games. Like I I think, yeah, the biggest thing you can say is that they're not playing the Pacers and (laughs) Spo will have them ready. Like I'm sure some guys will go off. It kind of sucks to see, it doesn't suck to see Jimmy go for 30, but it does kind of suck to see him go for 30 in December because it's like, Dude, this is. We shouldn't need him going for thirty right now. Yeah, and and that's been what's so great about the early going of the season is that Bam has shown that really Jimmy never needs to do that if Bam is on the floor and like kind of doing his thing, which he's been able to do pretty consistently. Even struggling last game against the Pacers, I think if he had stayed healthy that whole game, I think he figures it out and gets to his twenty. Maybe not a great game, but like he's just pretty smooth and even right now. And then. Jimmy just has to do these heroics. Like we haven't talked about Jaime. I I think he had a fine game. He was clearly very off. Um, I think he'll bounce back a little bit, but you know, you can't really rely on him to score 20 every game during this like time while no, he's no. out. It's going to have to be kind of by committee. Maybe he gives you one or two 15 to 18 point games. Maybe he gives you a 20 point game, but like, if you're going to win some of these games, it's going to have to be some Kyle heroics. Um, maybe Caleb heroics. I really like, he's been good on the stat sheet and he looks really good sometimes. But like, again, we were talking about it before the potties just, he's all over the place. And I think it's been nice that he's gotten to work some stuff out. And I think he's trending up, but ultimately like Caleb is who Caleb is. Um, and He's just always going to be kind of that high variance, reckless player, for better or for yeah. worse. Yeah. Like,
1: if you're, if you're, so w- what you're saying is, it's kind of what I, my, one of my biggest gripes with this team is after Jimmy and Bam, who's going to score, right? On a consistent nightly basis. So once you're missing one of those guys, like it's been dunking a lot lately. Like I mean, he'll get you, you know, between 17 to 21 points. Jaime might show up, you know, maybe, uh, maybe a Caleb makes an appearance. But that, you know, Pablo, that's what always concerns me, especially when you now you're talking about Bam going out for a few days, um, a few games. We don't have another center. Um, you don't want to start Kevin Love and Kyle Lowry because you know, listen, it's men. not a. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a senior game. We don't want them out there. Orlando Robinson showed you tonight that nobody is afraid of him. Like he's he's active and he's serviceable, but um, nobody's afraid of Orlando Robinson. So and then we're talking about offensively when it comes to BAM, who's going to pick up those 22 points? There's no BAM. There's no Tyler. Right. Uh, you saw, I mean, you saw Duncan give you a little bit tonight, but they shut him down in the second half. Like, yeah. who's who's going to give you those points without Bam coming up in the next few games?
2: I, I think it has to be either Caleb, now that he's looking healthier, maybe Jaime. It doesn't have to be Jaime every time, but every now and then, he should be able to give you a good 20 off the bench. But it's going to have to be Duncan Robinson, because I think he's our, like, third best player when Hero is out, or it's it's, it's going to have to be Kyle. Even though Kyle is 37 years old, we, we saw the other day that he can he still has it. And he can still score true threes at any given point. Tonight, he really, you know, it was like a, a typical Kyle game, you know, like in this day and age. But we really need Kyle to step it up now that Bam is going to be out a couple games, especially that our next two games are against pretty big teams. We're playing against the Raptors, who are huge, and we're playing against the Cavaliers, who have Mobley and Jared Allen.
1: So oh, we have Orlando Robinson. We'll be, oh, <laughs> not, not to mention Jack Haywood uh, Highsmith plays three minutes, goes out. Looks, uh, one of you know, one of the things you know, we talk a lot about Duncan's resurgence, and we talk about how well uh, Bam and Jimmy have been playing. But really, this this season turned around when Haywood Highsmith went got into the starting lineup, and now he just doesn't look right uh, after that fall the other night. Um, if he's out, and now we're you know we're back to Caleb Martin starting power forward, which uh, I think me and you both agree is awful. Uh, it was it, it led to an awful Eat season that. last year. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's what's the solution there? To me, i say start Jaime, but it doesn't it doesn't you know it it hurt. The, the problem is your rotation now is is thrown off. You don't have a like I felt really good about Highsmith and Jaime being that rotation at the four. Yeah. But right now, without if Haywood if Haywood misses any significant amount of time, now we're back to we don't have a backup five, we don't have a backup four, we don't have a starting four, we don't have a backup point guard. Like this team goes from feeling really deep to having a lot of holes again.
3: Yeah, it's tough. I mean, hate the Kayla Martin at the four experience. I think, you know, a lot of people at Pete agree that he's like a big two small three, and that's. Cool. I like him in that role. Um, Not a four. Highsmith has been the key, like not to quote deuces, but like he's the perfect four next to Bam in a lot of ways where he is kind of the wing that Spo wants to play with a la Crowder, a la PJ Tucker. But I think he adds a different element. Obviously he's not old as fuck like those guys. Um, And he was kind of the key to the rest of those wings being able to be as effective as possible. Um, but yeah I I mean I would like to see them start Jaime it if it's going to be a couple of games like I know Spo doesn't love to alter the rotations that much and I know that does leave questions for like what does it look like when he's on the bench but I kind of think you're playing with house money a little bit and I kind of think like hey let's see what the rookie does in the starting lineup I kind of want to see that's not how Spo's going to make that decision but that's me wanting to watch heat basketball, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like when Bam's not in, that's what I want to see. Yeah, Pablo.
1: So, same question for you. Like, who do you want to see starting at the four? Where? What do these rotations look like when now we're talking about a no no Bam no Haywood uh, starting lineup?
2: Um, I want to say Jaime. But I feel like he's too important for that bench unit, especially because he's so great as the main ball handler. I don't want to see Jay Rich bringing down the ball anymore because our offense is going to start with three seconds left. (laughs) I just, if it, if, and I don't want to even see Orlando Robinson starting. I would rather see Kevin Love start at the five until Bam comes back and then at the four, I'm. I'll put Jimmy at the I'll put Jimmy move down Jimmy to the 4 and then put Caleb at the 3 instead of having Caleb start at the 4 guarding the 4. So having Jimmy guard the 4 I think would just make much more sense on defense. And see this is
1: but and this is actually what happened. Caleb started at the 4 but Jimmy ended up guarding fours all the time and like just wearing him down and that's part that's part of the problem when we don't have uh real you know this whole position like don't get me started on this positionless crap right (laughs) jack i said the other day that he invented positionless to make excuses for bad off seasons (laughs) 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 we didn't fill a role why we don't need it we're positionless like we don't need a point guard we're positionless like this positionless shit like i'm so sick of it like every team's running out there with a seven footer a six eight guy and six like we we know what the positions are we can pretend that it, they don't exist, but they exist, all right? Like, yeah. the, there's a yeah. reason that you have two bigger guys, a smaller guy, and uh, two medium guys. Like, it's it's basketball. Like, we're, we're not reinventing the wheel here. as as smart as we like to sound. But it's it's we're we're getting back to that time of the season where the Heat can't feel the complete lineup.
2: Yeah. Do you think Jovic should start?
3: No. No, no. no. Cause- I, I don't think he's... He's that. Guy I like right Yovich, but like no I like, like Yovich he... too, but it's not yeah. in the cards right now. Like, it's gonna take a bit if it happens. Like,
1: mm-hmm.
3: I, I, I think you can play positionless basketball all you want. I think the problem is other teams have positions. They very much have <laughs> positions, and like, it, it, the other team is not agreeing to also put out a bunch of like. <laughs> middling wings like hey, so, can we all do it
1: gets a little nobody dice. over six six okay let's agree
3: <laughs> Just shake hands before the game like yeah we're not going to use our two seven footers at the same time no i mean it's weird too because like you've really seen in the past like three to five years since kind of the decline of the warriors dynasty like a huge sizing up of the nba's elite teams like i can't really name a small elite NBA team right now that's not like us, you know, like Celtics, huge Sixers and like even nuggets, the bump teams Giants. are huge
2: even, even like, the like the bump, bump team,
3: like the rap, like
2: the Raptors, Poto Siakam, Barnes like the- these teams They've are still guys, huge yeah.
3: yeah, and we've got one of them, we've got like yeah. one NBA center On the roster. And he's hurt. And he's hurt. And it's like, (laughs) he'll be back and it's fine. And, like, the small bell thing, I think sometimes why we see these deep playoff runs is in short spurts in playoff series, you can really take advantage of that when you're shooting well. The problem is during the course of an 82-game season, you just need to, like, withstand physical blows to your guys. Like, and – it sucks that like they don't really have a guy to absorb that, like the beating that you take over the course of a long season. And like, then it just ends up being bam or like some six, six guy. And like, I don't know. I, 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 I like this team and I think there are moves to be made, but I think they need another playmaker slash and they need another big. And if they don't get really both of those, it's dicey long term for them. If yeah. they do, I think this team has a higher potential than any of the Jimmy Butler teams. Um, yeah. No,
1: I do because yeah. honestly, when they when they are healthy and whole, right, you feel you don't feel great about the backup five position. Except Love has played. Love has filled in really well, right? But the thing is, when, whenever you're relying on a guy as old as Kevin Love. Like, you really don't have that position sewed up, right? Yeah. And in Orlando, honestly, I, if Orlando's playing 13 minutes and Bam's playing 35, I feel a lot better about it, right? But mm-hmm. w- what you said, uh, Jack, and this is what I want to end on um, because I got, yes, I got flamed on. Not flamed. Some people agreed. Some people didn't. Like, I was saying, like, if I was a Miami Heat, I'd be saying, what backup point guard could I get for Caleb Martin? I agree with you.
2: Because there's a redundancy there with
1: Caleb the other day. Pablo, like, to me, like, that just makes all the sense in the world. And people are like, oh, uh, trade Kyle for a point guard. Then you're back to having one point guard. (laughs)
2: Like, Martin is on his, I think, on the final year of his deal. He is going to be owed money. So why not trade him now that he's he's playing a lot better and go out there and get someone like Westbrook who's on a team-friendly deal? He's no longer on that $40 million a year. He's getting th- like $3.5 million a year. And once you get Westbrook, maybe you can trade Kyle Lowry to someone like the Wizards as like contract f- or 40 t- for that like, contract. And we get someone like Tyus Jones back, who's a younger, who look, he play kind of plays like a younger Kyle Lowry. He yeah, shoots, he can play, he can defend I a little bit. It.
1: I just need two point guards. When all, whatever you do, whatever you do, Pablo, when you go to your trade machine and you start <laughs> talking to GMs around the league, I need two point guards. Not yeah. one and a half, not one and a Tyler Hero. I need two point guards Not Drew Smith and done. Like, I would know Drew Smith. I would <laughs> love, not, no, no one told me Josh Smith is a point guard. I would love if somehow the Heat could figure out a way. Honestly, Jack, if they could figure out a way to get a starting point guard and move Kyle to the bench, like, I would feel... Great
3: about their chances moving forward. I would feel amazing about that. I mean, I I always hesitate to say this because gee, I've really liked Kyle this season. I, I think so even I. when he's not yeah. scoring, he's been incredible for the team in ways that like we haven't really seen before outside of like short spurts. I you know, he kind of carried them to the one seed. A couple years ago, or whatever, his first year with the team. But that was not really with Jimmy and Bam. It was just kind of Kyle doing his Kyle and the bench guys shtick. Kyle um,
1: guy and uh, and Yurtsev-, Yurtsev.
3: God, don't talk to me. Kill about him, Yurtsev. Folks. Yurtsev- <laughs> my god. <laughs> oh man, but yeah, honestly, if they could get a Tyus Jones or a Russell Westbrook, I'd feel a lot more comfortable. Um, it'd be really funny if Westbrook was on this Heat team. I like, regardless yeah. of what you think about the basketball fit, it is just Jimmy, Bam, and Westbrook is just fucked up. Like it shouldn't be allowed to happen. Terrible for <laughs> it, it it'll take us back to the mid '90s. But um, I, I just,
2: I just feel like even though we're looking at the spacing, and if we keep Lowry, I I would start Lowry, but bring. Westbrook off the bench and just surround by at least one or two shooters. And Westbrook has always been a positive factor when he's surrounded by people that can shoot.
1: Listen, man, he would, he, he's better than our backup point guard situation right we, now. We like, don't have
2: one. So, we mean. don't have
1: one. And I love Jaime and I think he can handle the ball, but you want to go, I mean, you want him to be a secondary ball handler. You want Caleb to be a secondary ball handler. Josh Richardson, you don't want him touching the ball. Jimmy Butler should handle the ball the last six minutes of the game. Bam out of bio should be a secondary ball handler. And what we're doing in these in these lineups without Kyle is like basically like Bam is bringing up the ball, Jaime's yeah. bringing up the ball, and I, and it's working a little bit right now. But I just don't think it's a long term solution. If anything happens to Kyle Lowry, you're fucked. Yeah. So like right, same thing with Bam. We, we once something happens to Bam. We do not have any, uh, we don't have any uh, backups. We don't have anybody who could pick up the the slack there. And that's what concerns me. Fully healthy. If this team walks into playoffs, fully healthy, they have a nine to 10 man rotation I'd put up against anybody. The problem is, I don't We're think they're going to be fully healthy. And I don't know if you can ever, uh, if you're going to win a championship when, you know, without a competent point guard on the floor at all times. Um, Jack, you got anything else before we go?
3: Yeah, I mean, I just think generally, I still feel good about this team because we've seen Heat teams with these problems in years past, and I don't think there's been as many clear solutions in years past. Like, last year, it was kind of like, they should make a trade, but it was like, what are they going to trade? And now it's like they've got expiring contracts, they've got a guy in Caleb Martin who I think is absolutely an asset for a lot of teams like played on the highest level, like is looking good to your point Pablo right now, like that they don't really need and is super expendable, but like they also have talent. Like you were talking about Jaime needs to be a secondary ball handler. I would say the same for hero hero has been really good. And what makes him really good is when he doesn't have to have point guard pressures. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, it's really, if you can get just a replacement level point guard, so much else falls into place. So many other guys get maximized that I think sky's the limit. Um, And I think you can do that potentially, hopefully in a trade market. I don't know what trades look like this year i think you can get that done without completely compromising what your team is doing well right now yeah they have to they have to
1: there needs to be some consolidation uh they have some redundancy at some of these positions um when you look at jaime haywood josh caleb like there's a lot of guys who kind of do similar type things um, and then you have a, you have other positions where you have one guy no depth yeah. Um, so I just think that you know, I listen, I'm just saying the transaction show. We're not talking a lot of trades here. We're just talking about what the where the holes are on this team, and we're starting to see them with with injuries, how glaring they are. And uh, I just think there's there's gonna there has to be some consolidation at some point. All right, guys, thank you very much. Thank you um, guys. This wasn't hangover time, I wasn't drunk. <laughs> I haven't had a drink all day, uh, but it was fun. Nice to get back on here. We will see you guys. I don't know when the next show is. I don't. That's not my fucking responsibility. <laughs> figure it out. See Go you later, on Twitter, guys. Follow. See, figure it out.
2: This is...